Welcome to the second episode of the Tiffinator Training Podcast Series. I'm Tiffany Gray and I'm your host. Today we have Liza Allen back and just as a quick reminder, she's a nationally certified Pilates teacher and she's also a great friend of mine. And today's topic, we're going to be discussing foam rolling and the benefits of myofascial release. There are a lot of different tools that you can use to help people get to their best selves and to enhance their physical fitness and foam rolling is definitely one of them. It can also be a little bit painful as many of you might have already experienced. But without further ado, let's welcome Liza Allen. So in a nutshell, give us what foam rolling is. Well, so I I have been a, a advocate of foam rolling for a long time and I think of it this way. Myo's muscle fascist tissue, of course. And what we're doing is um, facilitating our workouts. We're facilitating our movement patterns and our strengthening because of the release that we get from foam rolling. So it really should be um, part of everybody's workout modality, in my opinion. Oh, you know, I couldn't agree with you most or more on this. And I know that you actually were the one that I, I got my first foam roller from. And it's, I mean, obviously it's painful. I know a lot of people who avoid foam rolling because it can be really painful. And, but at the same time, it's, it's very important. And one of the things that I've heard is, is, so you're stretching the fascia and the fascia is that covering around the muscle. So if we're cooking chicken and you take the chicken breast and it, it's got that white, real thin tissue. That's actually the fascia. Uh-huh. And so the foam rolling actually works to to help release that fascia tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing that um, uh, there there's, I learned this in a workshop and one of the analogies they use, which I really like because I eat plenty of citrus, <laughs> is an orange. So all that white stuff around the orange would be the fascia around the succulent muscles that are t- that tend to be better hydrated um, as well as bigger than the connective tissue. And so, you know, of course, if you're looking to um, increase uh, muscle mass or hypertrophy, you're not thinking about what's holding it all together. You're thinking about making bigger muscles. But if you are experiencing pain that rest and ice are not helping with, then there's a, a strong probability you need to work on your connective tissue. And for people that are fit and athletic, um, I mean, there's, there's different, different tolerances for pain amongst everybody. But people who aren't active are not used to that level of discomfort. So I um, I do a sneaky thing. I actually just did it today. I uh, teach a senior Pilates class, and I take tennis balls in tube socks. And the reason that I do that is I'm able to take them to a wall. They hold the sock so they can position the, the, the tennis ball. And we will do some foam rolling around the um, upper, the thoracic spine, the scapular region, mid trapezius, a little upper trapezius, rhomboids, we get in there. And then, uh, and then I also have them do the sides of their hips and their glutes um, because they, uh, they, and they're stunned 
but they have more control over how much pressure it is because they're standing up and how hard they lean into that tennis ball is entirely up to them. So it's my sneaky way in. Um, and then I tell them, you know, foam rollers are more expensive and, and it is more intense and um, you can do a lot with this. So I have them foam roll their feet. I have them do their pectoral wall with a, uh, a ball in their hand. And, and it's, and then we, after we do that, we make sure we stretch uh, and because now your connective tissue is a little more responsive. It's like, okay, I give up. And, <laughs> and that way they get something out of it. And they're like, wow, I've, I feel like I'm standing all the way up, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. Well, I know some, some athletes that I've worked with, I have them do foam rolling and they, they're in tears. I mean, okay. They can be a little dramatic. I mean, we know that, that, Sometimes people are a little bit dramatic, but it can. I mean, if, especially if someone has not done foam rolling or used any type of a massage ball or tennis ball. I know I like using also, uh, I bought it at, you know, just at the store for not very much money. And it's a, it's a rubber lacrosse ball, but it's uh -huh. a massage ball. And so I find that really helpful. Uh, but I know there's a technique about it. So what can you tell us about the technique that that people need to start out with? So when I initially, I, I have a certification uh, with NASM for um, corrective exercise, and they really want you to go to that, that discomfort. I mean, at least the person mm -hmm. teaching was very adamant that we should get to that place of challenge because that's when you're going to get results. And that's not unlike strength training. Right? Um, right. But I feel like, uh, and, and again, this goes back to my using the tennis ball before I have somebody get down on the, on the uh, foam roller for a couple of reasons, mobility. So, you know, some people cannot get down on the floor, um, but they need that foam rolling. And so the tennis ball or a therapy ball, there's tons of them. I use a tennis ball because my point in getting people to use it is it's available and cheap. Start with something, put it under your desk, roll your feet, roll your pectoral wall, open your chest. Um, but the technique is, um, it's essentially acupressure if you think about it. I mean, we're, we're trying to release an area by applying pressure and then removing that pressure. Um, not unlike cupping has a similar quality, um, massage has a similar quality. So we're hydrating. Um, we're bringing in the body fluids, blood flow and all of that. And, you know, I mean, you're more flexible, you're more able to move when you create that circulation and people that come out of a massage are all pink and happy because they're flushed with blood flow. It's been moved around, um, really getting the lymphatics system going as well. And that's, what we want to do, but initially we may find that um, we can't hold in the place of discomfort. We got to roll across it. And so right. my, my, um, my theory is meet them where they are. You know, if you know, they need it, you know, it's good for them. If they just are like, I hate this thing, let them move through it, find a different level of, I mean, the size matters. So if you're depending on whether you're um, vertical or you're uh, horizontal, uh, depending on how big what you're rolling on is, 
all of those things can make a difference. And there are so many myofascial pieces of equipment now, multiple types of balls and foam rollers that allow you to, again, meet the person where they is, where they are. Um, there are some softer foam rollers. They didn't really used to have so much variety, so you can sneak it up on them that way. But the technique is to simply get it to happen. Um, right. is my, my opinion. And then ultimately get them to hold it like you would a stretch. So, you know, 20 to 30 seconds on that, that point that really requires it, but you can't do that right off the bat with most people. Cause it just is so uncomfortable. So a lot of the, a lot of the people that, um, students in this class will eventually deal with or see as clients or, um, as patients, depending on what their career path is. You know, I, I know that working with people who are new to exercise, one, they don't have the body awareness, two, they are tight. If you have somebody who's in their 40s or 50s and they haven't been active and they've spent the last 20 years seated behind the computer and not maybe they've got a long commute, to and from work. So theoretically, they could be sitting for anywhere from 10 to, to 15 hours, depending on whether that or not they do any activity. Are they you know, finishing their work, they have dinner, and then they sit in front of the TV. So we see a lot of people who are going to be very tight. Mm -hmm. And so I think you brought up a great point that we have to use whatever modality to get them started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think probably the most painful thing I ever started with was a, a very, very hard foam roller on my IT band. Mm -hmm. And that just, I mean, that just about, I was crying on the inside and sobbing. And the only good, the good thing about it at that point was when it was over. Right. And I think a lot of people have that same experience. Um, IT bands are notoriously tight and really the, the truth of it is, um, you know, if you can tease at the muscles that insert into that IT band, um, you know, that outer portion of the quad, uh, and there are ways to sneak up on it. And so that is the, the main thing that I tell people is to tease at discomfort. Do not go into pain. Because right. if, and, and that's subjective. Every person gets to decide, okay, that's a level that I can, and I use the breath with this. If you can't breathe and then make a diving, should take your breath away. Foam rolling shouldn't. So if you are holding your breath because it's just that painful, then you need to back out of it a little bit and start working towards it. Um, and that definitely helps. Uh, quads are incredibly tight. And, you know, the first time somebody rolls their quadriceps they're the look of surprise on their face um and and so i think it's really interesting because i didn't know how sore like my hands were until um one one time i finally went for a manicure and they were massaging my hands and i was like that makes total sense you use right. them constantly so um so for people that are seated a lot the foam roller is phenomenal. I have them roll their quads and then I have them kind of shift their feet so that they're, um, if they widen their legs and shift their feet to one side, 
then they're rolling the inside of the quadriceps group on one leg and the outside on the other leg. And then we go over to the other side. So that's my technique for sneaking up on their IT band. But oh, then, yes. then what I have them do um, a hip flexor stretch with the foam roller underneath their pelvis. And they've got one leg extended on the floor and the other knee to the chest. And that added height is phenomenal for opening up those hip flexors. And after you've rolled your quadriceps, that rectus femoris is a little bit more willing to give you something. And it's a great combination for those people that spend a lot of time in a chair. That's a great strategy where we were incorporating just the natural effects of gravity Mm -hmm. in this. Because a lot of times when I know from experience that let's say we are foam rolling the quad and we're lying face down uh, rolling the quad, that can be pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And so we can start out, especially with the hip flexor, we can start out where we're letting gravity pull that leg down to assist in the stretch. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a great point that you made there and how important that is. Right. Yeah. I try to do that every day um, because I think what you've probably, what, what you know and what your students are discovering because they are active, you're usually either end of the spectrum. So you could be tight and strong because you're an athlete in, especially in the hip flexors, the quads, IT band, any running sport, that IT band is, you know, getting a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, tension. Um, but then there, you've got the people on the other side who spend the time seated all day long, and those people are tight and weak. And either end of the spectrum benefits from releasing those overly tight muscles before our activity. So we're going to get a more optimal experience out of our um, out of our strength training, out of our cardio, if we do some foam rolling ahead of time and kind of interrupt the central nervous system to the muscular response um, and and allow those muscles that are the go-to just because that's what your body has learned. If you think about um, how our central nervous system signals work, it is a lot like a well-worn pathway when we go hiking. You can, you just take it. You just know that it's going, it's, you know, it's where it's going to lead you. But we're asking people to take a different pathway and you meet with resistance, not only because the pathway is different, unfamiliar to them, but you also are asking them to do something that's uncomfortable. So it's not just change, it's uncomfortable change. Right. Sneaking it up on them has been my, my strategy and I make jokes about it. I'm like, you know, it's a love-hate relationship you're going to develop with this foam roller and probably me too, but you know, <laughs> I'm just being upfront about it. You're just, this is how it's going to work with us. So <laughs> right, and, to help. and in keeping along with the IT band, one of the things that, that I want to point out is a lot of times people, especially runners, they'll have knee problems. So they'll, they'll have knee soreness or knees will be bothering them. And a lot of times that can be related to IT band tightness. Absolutely. Absolutely. That tracking of the patella is not good if your IT band is laterally pulling it. And, um, and yeah, that, I mean, over time, that's going to be a a big issue. Um, you know, I, I've got somebody that I'm working with who is now running again. Um, 
and I'm rolling, but, uh, but I, I, you know, unfortunately nagged her and <laughs> that's what it took. I said, you know, I know you don't love this, but if you do it before you walk or run and then stretch afterwards, I think that combination is really going to help you get past. That is exactly what I did to avoid men meniscal surgery on both my left and right, uh, medial menisci. Uh, and, and, you know, it, Am I an anomaly? Possibly. I mean, I could just have good genetics and it might not be that I'm a miracle worker, but it certainly didn't hurt. Right. <laughs> you no, know? I mean, well, it, no well, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt, but it didn't hurt. That's right. That's it right. It physically hurt, but it actually helped. Yeah. And so, and my second ortho that I uh, worked with, he was like, no, keep doing what you're doing. I'll be here. Surgery is always going to be available for you. Um, and, and that's how I looked at it. I, I'm like, I'm willing to put the work into this. And obviously, you know, that the tear was not so devastating that I needed to have surgery. But, uh, but for my first one, the, the doctor I went to seemed annoyed with me. It's like, well, I could get you 20% more mobility. And I'm like, 20%, I think I can do that myself. And so I, I, I have full use of both knees. I mean, I can get in pigeon pose in yoga. There's, you know, I can squat all the way down to the floor. Uh, and, you know, this isn't a lot to do with my corrective exercise strategies, which was foam rolling and IT band stretching. And that made a huge difference to my knee health. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that was able to work for you. And I, I know that there are people who do what they can, and sometimes they just can't avoid surgery. And I think that's I'm, most people. I, I really do. Right. And so I'm glad that, that you've shown how exercise and how the foam rolling and all of this can positively impact mm -hmm. the body and conditions. And, and that's an important thing to, to point out there. And another thing that um, I've learned recently and that I'm incorporating for myself is that especially if I'm foam rolling and things are really tight, again, you know, it's that thought process of going back to basics, thinking about if I'm foam rolling, let's say that I'm, I'm foam rolling the quad and, it's, and I'm on the belly of the muscle, you know, whichever uh, quadriceps muscle I'm specifically targeting, and that can be really tight, very painful. And what I started doing in, on the advice of my physical therapist was to foam roll also at the, at, at the attachment and the, the insertion. Mm -hmm. So that you're not just foam rolling that belly, that the tightness extends all the way to where the, the fascia uh, it goes into the, the tendons and, and how that, that works. And so... It's really important to get that not only in the, the muscle belly, the fascia around that, but also the where it attaches to the bones. And I think I think that when people focus on that, that starting at that point, at least in my my experience, is a little bit better than just starting in the muscle belly right off the bat. I agree with that, and I I feel like um, you know this. Because of the way that we learn about the human body, we separate things out. And we do that because it's easier to understand. 
Um, but the body works as a unit and learning what about origins and insertions isn't just a memorization exercise. You're now seeing, um, that it's applicable to the health of the body as a whole, because whatever surrounding tissues, you've got an injury. You don't think the tissue around that starts to be affected by that because it's either taking over the work of the injured muscle or whatever injury it could be skeletal or whatnot, but then it's, you know, it goes out into the rest of the body and manifests in different ways, oftentimes because we are um, compensating. So maybe we don't put as much pressure on that leg as the other leg because it hurts to do so. So yeah, foam rolling is a way to level the playing field and allow you to um, work on the whole body. And we, you know, again, we have lots of reasons why we want to work the muscles that are part of your sport um, makes sense, but the whole body works together and it's important to not overemphasize something at the detriment to um, the long-term health of the player or the long-term health of the individual who just wants to be able to retire and still take a vacation they can like enjoy because they're not so broken. You know, right. oh, I totally agree with that. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to jump in on what you were saying and and add that a lot of times, let's say something is tight. Uh, let's say we've got a tight IT band or ankle immobility or or whatever it is, and somebody hasn't been doing foam rolling. Maybe they've just been stretching, and foam rolling and stretching are not the same things. Because with the foam rolling or any myofascial release, you're really getting down deep into that tissue. But whenever something, you mentioned somebody maybe has something sore or it's tight, so they overcompensate with something else. So if somebody has, let's say they have knee problems, and we'll just say that a tight IT band is contributing to that, then what that does is it, is it throws everything off. Mm-hmm. So suddenly the gait changes and the one, the other, the opposite leg is overcompensating. And so the, the walking pattern changes, the actual stride length will change. And what happens is it goes up the, the posterior chain. And so when we've got that, it's kind of like uh, if we've got a pebble in our shoe, I know I've, I've had pebbles in my shoe when hiking, I think, we hiked together and there are many times I had a pebble in my shoe and then my, you know, I favor that one foot. If I leave it in there, I favor that one foot and then it throws everything out of whack mm-hmm. and that being out of whack for an extended period of time that can work all the way up from, you know, foot all the way up to the head right. and that can result in headaches. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of, thinking about foam rolling and do you, do you have, do you ever do it like a full body foam rolling or do yeah. you just hit the, the tight parts? No, um, actually a favorite of, of my uh, students and clients is lying on our backs with the foam roller tucked under to the, under the base of the skull. And I have them let their shoulders open, holding either end of the foam roller just to, with their hands and turning their head side to side. And then I have them hold and 
to one side and nod their chin. And you got to let go of the foam roller at that point so it can have a little play to, to roll as you chin tuck. Um, but you are getting the, the muscles that people don't even think about that are right where, you know, the atlas and the axis are. And, and you don't think about muscles being back there, but there are muscles that travel all the way up into your skull. And, and we want to release those because right now, sitting in a chair, depending on what we're doing with our necks, or if we're looking down, those muscles are in a state of um, contraction. So what are we going to do about that? And we don't think about those sorts of things until it hurts. And unfortunately, pain is very informative, but it's our job as exercise professionals to assess and prescribe for the whole body, even if there is a focus of injury. And that's the benefit that we have as fitness professionals versus being a physical therapist, because physical therapists are often um, confined to doing what insurance will pay for. Right. <laughs> and they, you know, they try to give you as much information as they can, but in order to have your claim paid for, they they got to stick with the injury. You are your injury. Whereas for us, we're, we're, we have the benefit of treating you like a whole body. So we should. <laughs> right. So if you were, if you were to create a program, let's say for somebody who is there, they want to do foam rolling. Maybe they're kind of hesitant because they don't like pain, but I, one of the things I've learned in foam rolling and in helping uh, people I train with foam rolling is that one of the things is that the more you do it, then the less pain you're going to to uh, experience because it's, I mean, it's not going to be as intense because as you consistently stretch that fascia and work on the foam rolling to stretch those areas, and then then it's more pliable. So if, mm -hmm. if we were taking a beginner, somebody who is tight and who has never done this before, how would you start that person? I usually start them with the tennis ball in the wall because they have so much more control over the pressure. And they're also not getting down into, I mean, let's face it, there's some pretty funny positions that we get into with our foam roller. And it feels a little like you don't want to have anybody witness that. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so it's, it's twofold. It's allowing them to really control the amount of pressure that they're receiving. Um, and it also isn't putting them in an uncomfortable position uh, where they might feel self-conscious. So those two things are both important. And then, you know, they can grow with their, their practice and everything that we do is a practice, everything. And we do get better with practice. Sometimes the progression is from standing up to getting down on the floor. Sometimes the progression is adding more sets or reps. Um, and that's important to remember because of course we're talking exercise prescription. So you just have to really, uh, know who your audience is, who, right. who are you working with and what, what are they willing to do? Um, and like, like we've said multiple times, you really have to meet them where they are and then help them find where they can go. Right. I, th I think that's a great way to approach it. And I've, 
I've talked to people who say, okay, I'm going to start this person doing foam rolling and I'm going to have them foam roll everything. And I think that can be very overwhelming to somebody who's not an exerciser, somebody who's just getting into it. That can be very overwhelming. And so one of the things that I like to do is after I've done an assessment and if they're presenting with certain complaints, let's say they they say, you know, I've got headaches all the time and I'm not sure, you know, I sit all day and my low back is bothering me and when I go to stand up, um, this, whatever the complaint is. And so what I like doing is hearing where they are experiencing that tightness and what their symptoms are. And then making sure, especially at the beginning, that I'm keying into interventions mm-hmm. that will that they'll notice right away. Right. And so I think that was an important point that you made when you talked about the uh, the neck mm-hmm. foam rolling, so that you're you're stretching that and you're you're releasing that area, so that they feel right away and it can be it can be right away right where they feel that release and they they notice it mm-hmm. because i think that can be a real buy-in right a- yeah and we do want them to you know adherence is huge in right. uh, in any of the exercises that we may be prescribing for people and uh and so i, I do have a solution for that too two tennis balls in a sock with the knot down close. You can right. put it at the base of your skull and just lie there and do a little bit of the same kind of movement I would maybe do with a foam roller, but yeah. it's cheap and available. And it's just, you could just lie there and get your acupressure. And it's even that, if you are a person with phenomenal headaches all the time, that makes a huge difference. It does. Um, and, you know, I, I do a lot of things where I'll teach people like how to release sinuses by putting their thumbs under their brow bones or putting the heels of their hands on their cheekbones right near the sinus uh, cavities and just holding and taking a couple of breaths in um, because obviously we're not necessarily going to foam roll our face, but (laughs) but we do have things that we need to release there as well. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's the whole body needs to be um, optimal as, as much as possible and as much as we can get people to allow the time for making it so. Right. I, I completely agree with that. And it's also important. I know you had talked about breathing, but breathing when you're doing foam rolling is very important as well, because as we, I know for me, when I experience pain, I kind of hold my breath. Right. And what that does is when you hold your breath and it, it turns on alerts all throughout your body. And so your body reacts to that and it goes into kind of this panic mode, so to speak. And so when we enter that mode, then right. muscles tighten up. And so that's a thing we want to avoid as much as possible. So that breathing then becomes even more important uh, because we don't want to we don't want to do something that counteracts what we're trying to do. Right. And so that breathing really comes into into play. And another thing that I like doing is I may foam roll and it's really painful, and I'll count to you know fifteen or twenty, and then I'll back off of it, and then I'll go back to it. And doing that over and over, you know, within reason, um, that really seems to help. And I love doing it when I'm when I'm watching TV. I'll just be right. on the floor, and I love doing it uh, at the end of the day as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there, you know, people will often say, what's the best time to exercise? And I always say, when you will. Um, right. Because, sure, we can look to research and know that your grip strength is better at a certain point in time. Or you're, you know, you might get more results if you are this, that, or the other. But the bottom line is, most people cannot structure their life around exercise. They structure their exercise around life. Right. And we need to be able to give them some solutions that meet those, that, those needs. Um, and, and you're absolutely right in terms of sets. We can do sets with foam rolling. We can do sets with stretching. Um, it's not just for strength training. And sometimes people forget, oh, um, yeah, I did all, I did four sets of this particular exercise for strengthening. And then I stretch for 30 seconds. Okay, well, let's think about whether or not that's going to be as, as beneficial as it, it needs to be. I mean, depending on what you've got going on in your body, of course. But yeah, it's, it's wise to practice by increasing your, or progressing by increasing your, um, your sets. You, you don't just foam roll that quad one time. You go over to the other one and then come back. Right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So to kind of sum up our, our wonderful conversation here is that that foam rolling can be used by anybody. And again, as, as with everything that I know we've been discussing or, or taking a look at in, in this course, is that it's going to be very individualistic. And the bottom line is do no harm. But we want to push, you know, we want to have those people be motivated to continue. And right. the way, especially with foam rolling in the beginning is being able to tell them and to show them you can back off on this. Mm-hmm. This is definitely one of those, those uh, components of exercise where it's, uh, you really have to work within the pain level, but you still want to push to get that benefit. Right. I think an important thing that we know is what's on the other side of discomfort. Right. And and all people that exercise know that on the other side of lifting uh, and being sore for a couple of days, on the other side of foam rolling and being sore right now is the release, is the, the benefit of being stronger, being more mobile, being more flexible, um, you know, having, having a fully functional body, a kinetic chain that does its job, um, feels really good. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that things start also looking better because you have better posture. You're able to stand upright. And that's a thing that people notice right off the bat with foam rolling is, oh, after I foam rolled, I, I, like my hips didn't feel so tight. Yeah. And I could stand up tall again. And, and so you're absolutely right to get people to buy into it. It, we, it is beneficial to find what they can and will do and what they can and will see results from fairly quickly so that they'll come back and be happy to be sore again. <laughs> that's right. And that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic way to sum it up. Liza, do you have any any parting words of wisdom? Um, you know, I I just think that uh, do find your way in, do what you can, 
something is always better than nothing. Those are my parting words of wisdom um, because, you know, what, what we think would be optimal and what the person's willing to do aren't always the same thing, but lead them along. And, and they, that's builds trust, but it also builds adherence and people start realizing, Hey, this is not that big of a deal this much time in my day. And I feel better and I look better and I function better. So um, those are my, those are my words of wisdom. (laughs) If, if in fact they are wise. (laughs) Well, thank you very much Liza, for spending time with us today and talking about foam rolling and all you can do with it. And again, the take home message here is just what Liza said. I'm not even going to try to restate it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, be certain to reach out to me. You'll find my contact information on the syllabus.